is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, October 30th. Todd Gurley, man, went missing for a little bit last night. I don't know what was going on there. Ends up playing in the second half, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley <laughs> just endearing himself to the fantasy football fan base uh, right there. That was a that was a fun game, though, uh, especially if you hammered the unders uh, like I did. Uh, but uh, anyway, we got to talk about the rest of the games on this week's slate, and that's what we'll do on the show today. Before I get to that, though, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. And that's really true. That's really the that's what makes Monkey Knife Fight for me. It's different. It's not traditional DFS. It's CFS, but it's not traditional like what you're used to. It's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. That's the big one. You don't have to play against the Sharks. That's the other big one. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course, football, the king. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. It's a good deal right there if you use the promo code RANT. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And again, if you're in a state... Where there isn't legal sports betting, uh, this isn't. This is DFS, but there's a lot of of parallels to player props, which you know I love. So this is a pretty cool product right here. Go check it out and use that promo code RANT to help out the podcast. All right, so let's get into these matchups for the rest of the weekend. Uh, we'll start with well. Used to be a it used to be the exact opposite of this game. You'd be like, "All right, New England, Buffalo. Yeah, New England's gonna pretty much run away with this one." Now it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if New England can stay in this one. Uh, Buffalo currently four point favorites. It opened at three. I am taking Buffalo. This over under shot down. It was forty six, which felt way too high. It opened. It's all the way down to forty one in this one. Uh, there's pretty much nothing that I like in New England. I did have somebody ask me, hey, well, are you moving James White up at all because of the Julian Edelman news? Julian Edelman's not going to play here. And I said, no, not really, because the problem wasn't Julian Edelman, you know, sucking up all the targets or anything like that. The problem is they cannot move the ball through the air. Now, if you have Cam Newton, here's the deal. He's not playable in one quarterback leagues, but he is playable in two quarterback leagues. When, especially when you look at some of the bottom of the barrel guys. I don't love it, but I'm going to have to do it in a league where I have Newton and Ryan Tannehill, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to do it. You know, how quickly have we changed our, turn, our, our tune here? A month ago on this podcast, I'm calling him Super Cam, and I'm now like, do I really have to start this dude? But we do, so that's about all we can do. Uh, with this uh, with this matchup, with this offense, I, I just don't like it at all, but that's where we are. On the other side, though, I- I'll tell you, you know, 
New England's a mid-pack matchup for the run game. But I think those numbers lie a little bit because remember, you always have to keep an eye not only on the, the overall numbers, but the recent numbers. And here's what we've seen recently. Philip Lindsay over 100 yards. Jeff Wilson, three rushing scores over 100 yards. That's the last two weeks here. So you're talking about guys like Juwan Bentley, Anthony Jennings at uh, linebacker, and these guys can't run. So Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Singletary, 40 snaps. Zach Moss, 35. Both of them uh, basically even in touches. You know, they're it's it's close to as close to a 50-50 split as you're going to see, right? And, um, you know, I would love to just say, hey, go with Moss, but I'm not going to do that. You know, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know I'm not going to do that. Devin Singletary is still the better play based on what we're seeing, but Moss is a flex option if you're if you're looking for it. And I think he's only going to get better down the stretch, by the way. So if you're saying, like, who would I rather have on my bench or on my roster, Singletary or Moss for the rest of the season, I'd rather actually have Moss even though I'd not I'm not putting him ahead of Singletary this week. Also, hey, the Patriots are tied for second in uh, passing yards per attempt allowed. 8.5 yards per attempt. That's good news if you're frustrated with Josh Allen. I think he gets back on track in this one. Moving on to Tennessee and Cincinnati. I'm actually pretty excited for this game. I love what I've seen out of Tennessee this season. And I dig the, the moxie, the fighting spirit out of Cincinnati. Just just, you know, hey, they're gonna get they're gonna get beat down, but they're gonna keep punching out of the corner, right? Right now, Tennessee, five and a half point favorites. I'm taking Tennessee to win this one. Uh Cincinnati it, it, again, they have a puncher's chance, but I think that's more of an impact on the over under than than on the outcome of the game. Over under's up at, at 52 and a half. Now it opened at 56, so it has come down a little bit. But still, I mean, hey, this is um this is a mid pack matchup for running backs on paper. Uh, Cincinnati is, but they do give up five point, almost five point one yards per carry. So again, sometimes the numbers lie a little bit, and I don't really put as much stock into the fantasy points allowed because touchdowns are a big factor there. As much as I do some of the metric stats, so five, you know, five point one yards per carry. I look at that and I'm like, I'm all over that. Now, obviously, you don't need an excuse to start Derrick Henry in season long, but it is a reason to potentially pay up for him in DFS. He is expensive. But there's a lot of avenues to getting high-priced guys in your lineups this week. So, something to think about there. Uh, A.J. Brown last week led the team in fantasy points, but Corey Davis did have 10 targets. So, he's on the flex radar. I don't know if I'm going to start him. I have him in a league where I'm actually you know, coming down to that decision, and it looks like I'm going to go elsewhere. But it's not terrible. Now, the thing about it, though, the thing that's sort of holding me back a little bit is the Bengals are such a good matchup for tight ends. Um, You know, they're allowing almost 69 nice receiving yards per game, nearly a full receiving score per game to the position as well. I think Jonu Smith gets back on track in this one. Now, on the other side, Joe Burrow, he had eight end zone throws last week. He has 29 of them on the season. If you're not really familiar with end zone throws or why it matters, touchdowns are notoriously difficult to predict. But the best uh, metric, the best stat that I've found that will give us an indicator of people who are more likely to score touchdowns are these red zone stats. So three in particular. For quarterbacks, it's end zone throws. For receivers, it's end zone targets. And for running backs, it's goal line carries. You know, Because simply put, the closer you are to the end zone, the more likely you are to score a touchdown. And the numbers back it up, it's, you know, 
It's just simple math, right? Data. Hashtag data. So the fact that he's thrown to all the end zone this often tells me that there is a game where Burrow's going to just go freaking bonkers. Like, it's going to happen some point this, this season where it's uh, – you know, like a five or six touchdown game. And yes, I did just say six because he's throwing to the end zone that often. Eventually, these are going to start getting converted. Now, he's on pace to, of course, break the the Andrew Luck rookie passing record. Uh, it's not like the best, not really the worst matchup. It's a mid-pack matchup, but I love Burrow as a quarterback one this week. Uh, in terms of the wideouts, remember I did talk about it yesterday, but just something to point out. T. Higgins only had five targets last week, 13 for Boyd, 13 for Green. Uh, We are in wait-and-see mode for Joe Mixon, whether or not he's going to play this week. I don't think he does. I I really don't. He's DNP, DNP so far this week, and I I don't have a a Friday report because I'm recording this on Friday morning. But I I highly doubt it. And what have we seen out of Giovanni Bernard when Mixon sits? We've seen RB1 production every stinking time. And it doesn't matter how he gets it done. Like, last week wasn't really that good on the ground. Okay, fine. Score a receiving touchdown, catch a few passes, and you have, here you go, here's 20 PPR points. So keep that in mind with Bernard. Vegas and Cleveland, another game that, you know, maybe entering the season I wasn't that excited for, but now I'm really excited for this game. This is this is fun. Cleveland, two-and-a-half-point favorites, open at three-and-a-half. Little movement there, sneaky movement. I'm still going to take the Browns. 55-and-a-half over-under is what it opened at. It's down to 50-and-a-half. This is a popular game for DFS. A lot of people looking to Derek Carr. A lot of people looking to Derek Carr as a streamer option as well in season long. It's a favorable passing matchup, right? Browns are one of just three teams to enter this week, allowing more than 300 net passing yards per game. But Carr's ceiling is what always brings me back to, do I really want to do it? You know, like ask anybody who streamed Teddy last night, do I really want to do this? Because we know the ceiling's not that high. So, I mean, he's a front-end quarterback, too, but I, I would rather go a different route if I could. You know, go for the more more of the bang-for-the-buck type. Uh, regardless, you may not be able to do that. So, he is at least in play. Like I say, front-end quarterback, too. He'll very likely – he's sitting at 13 in my rankings. That's very likely where he'll end up on Sunday when I finalize them. Remember, my rankings are over at ftnfantasy.com, and they're never final until Sunday morning after we get the, uh, the, the final – active inactives at 11:30 a.m. Eastern so I will finalize them by no later than you know 12:15 Eastern uh, up at ftnfantasy.com. I like Darren Waller a lot in this matchup. Obviously starting him in season long, but I think there is merit to paying up for him in DFS. Browns allowing the the 11th most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Not a rock star of a matchup, but they've been prone to uh, you know, give up some big games to tight ends. Perhaps the best matchup in this game goes to Kareem Hunt. Vegas struggles against the run. 4.9 yards per carry, 1.3 rushing scores per game, and Dearness Johnson has faded into the ether, so I love Kareem Hunt this week. Still have him as my number one back. Austin Hooper looks like he'll be sidelined here, so another Harrison Bryant week as a streamer. He Outsnapped David Njoku. He outplayed David Njoku last week. And I do think Baker's a streamer as well. You know, if you said Derek Carr or Baker, I'm saying Baker because we saw the ceiling. The ceiling is high out of Baker uh, with what he did last week. And of course, the Raiders allowing 290 net passing yards per game. Indy and Detroit. Maybe not as excited about this one. I'm excited in general for football, but eh, this is what it is. At least it is a 50 over under. Indy three point favorites. I'll take 
the road favorites in this one. Jonathan Taylor is not setting the league on fire. He's solid. 367 rushing yards so far. And he's in a good spot. The Lions have been pretty friendly to opposing run games. 4.8 yards per carry. They're the number six fantasy matchup for running backs. So I don't mind this week for Jonathan Taylor. On the other side... Fellow rookie DeAndre Swift has been, you know, very good over the last two weeks. A lot of upside out of him, and we've seen him out touch Peterson each of the last two. The Colts are not a good matchup. 3.5 yards per carry to opposing backs, but Swift is still an RB2 option as, you know, just with his with his major ceiling. This is also a tough matchup for Maddie Stafford. 6.5 yards per passing attempt. That's the Colts are stingy, man. The Colts are very stingy. So Stafford, he's yet to recapture that magic from last year. I don't think it changes this week. You can use him in two quarterback leagues, but definitely not in one quarterback leagues. Moving on to Minnesota and Green Bay. And and I should mention, there is the potential for some weather to impact the NFL this week. Uh, In terms of snow, in terms of rain, those aren't as big uh, of a factor for me as, as wind is. So the three games that could be impacted by wind, Cleveland and Vegas, uh, that's currently looking 25-mile-an-hour winds. Green Bay, Minnesota, 26-mile-an-hour winds projected. And then Chicago, New Orleans, 22-mile-an-hour winds. Possibly even Buffalo, but it's a little lower right now at 17. It's really when you reach that 20-mile-an-hour threshold, that's where it starts to get concerning for the passing game. And it will negatively impact the passing game. So keep that in mind here. Because I want to find every reason to get guys in this in this contest. But it's a little dicey. It's not the week to stream Kirk Cousins. Uh, Dalvin Cook likes he's, looks like he's trending towards getting back on the field. Uh, if he manages to suit up, this is a really nice matchup. Green Bay is the number two fantasy matchup for running backs. 153 scrimmage yards, 1.7 total touchdowns. That's combined rushing and receiving allowed to the position this year. I don't know if we see a full complement of Dalvin Cook. That's why I'm not saying, like, oh, he's an elite play. And maybe that means you get a little bit of potential to flex out Alexander Madison if you're desperate because of the conditions. You know, because it's going to be cold, too. It's not just windy. It's cold. 35 degrees is the uh, current forecast there. So keep that in mind. Don't freak out too much. But we do need to adjust to the conditions. And it's a shame because I love Aaron Rodgers in this one. And if you're talking like, hey, if this was in Minnesota in the Dome, giddy up. Vikings allowing 8.5 yards per attempt. That's second highest in the league, tied for at least. They're the number seven fantasy matchup for the position. Now, the other big thing here is whether or not Aaron Jones gets back on the field. I have talked about it a few times on the podcast recently about how that medical staff is very conservative. And that would make it pretty unlikely he gets back. Jones has gone DNP, DNP so far. So it looks like we'll get another week of Jamal Williams. Last week, 23 touches. This week, he'd be again in RB1 territory. The Vikings allowing 107 rushing yards, 0.8 rushing scores per game to opposing backfields. The Jets in Kansas City, well, obviously I'm taking the Chiefs here. Uh, The current spread on this one, it opened up over 20, which is insane. It's sitting at 19.5 right now, so it's not too far off from 20. On the um, Jets side, Kansas City's allowing just 225 net passing yards per game. So it's not, doesn't look like it's very good for Sam Darnold, but there could be a lot of garbage time here. At least that, you know, that's why I'm 
trying to talk myself into Denzel Mims for DFS purposes because of how cheap he is. I'm not using any jet really in season long. I, I mean, I guess you know there are people who would say, okay, well, what about what about Jamison Crowder? Uh, he could get back on the field. I'm not counting on it yet. He did get to limited on Thursday. Uh, so we'll see there. If he goes, then yeah, he he has to be in play just because every time he's on the field, he just gets peppered with targets. Uh, however, I'm going to keep continue to keep an eye on the backfield. Michael P. Ryan significantly outsnapped Frank Gore, even though he didn't. It wasn't. Um, it was a lot closer in touches. It was 40 snaps to 16, but the touches was 13 to 11. But P. Ryan has some upside down the stretch. You're not going to face Kansas City every single week. On the other side, all eyes on Lev Bell revenge game. Uh, and I, I, I moved him up. I had him at 28 initially. I moved him up to 24. He's going to be used here. You know, last week, CEH plays 27 snaps, Bell 17. He's not going to, you know, leapfrog uh, CEH. And I think CEH is still an RB1 play. But this is a good matchup. The Jets aren't very good against the run. 4.6 yards per carry carry allowed. And they're the number seven matchup for the position overall. So I think there's meat on the bone for both of those guys. Rams and Miami. Uh, The Tua era officially underway for uh, the Miami Dolphins. That'll be fun to see, but I'm going to take the Rams here. 46 over under Rams, three and a half point favorites. Uh, with Tua, you know, this isn't a good matchup to start. 235 net passing yards, 1.1 net passing scores per game is all the Rams are allowing. But I will say I like Miles Gaskin regardless of the game script. It really doesn't matter. He's going to touch the ball a ton, so he's still a front-end RB2. On the other side, last week, Malcolm Brown got the goal line carry. But remember, Daryl Henderson has eight goal line carries on the season. He's still the better fantasy option. Brown is a flex. They're going to use them both, but Henderson is an RB2 in a matchup where the Dolphins give up 5.05 yards per carry to opposing backs. Pittsburgh and Baltimore, every time these two play, it's awesome. Whether it's a defensive struggle, whether it's an offensive explosion game, doesn't matter to me. Baltimore, four-point favorites at home. 46.5 over under tells me, you know, hey, be careful here. Temper those expectations I will take the Ravens, but I don't love it. You know, this is a spidey sense game a little bit. I feel like the Steelers, you know, the Steelers are rolling. They're getting Lux on their side, too. You know, you get a miss Goskowski field goal. There's, yeah, either way. Um, the wide receiver situation is going to be interesting. I think they're all wide receiver threes. Claypool, Johnson, Smith. If I had to choose one, it would be Johnson. But I don't love it because he's still dealing with the toe injury. So we'll see how they handle it this week. But just be careful there. Don't be too down on Claypool. Don't be too high on Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mark Ingram looks like he's trending towards not playing. That was kind of what I had expected here. Now, it is a tough matchup for the run game. The Steelers allowing the third fewest yards per carry to opposing backfields, just 3.3. So I don't expect uh, a super high volume game here either. The Steelers only facing 17.7 rushing attempts per game by running backs. It's tied for the lowest in the league. That being said, I think there is some punch with J.K. Dobbins as your flex option. A little bit of punch with him because you got some juice, fantasy upside. I'm not using Gus, though. Chargers, Denver Broncos. Uh, The Chargers in this one 
are currently uh, three-point favorites. Open as a pick so yeah, I'm taking the Chargers here. 44.5 over under. I had somebody tell me on Twitter I'm wrong about Justin Herbert. I... How am I? How am I wrong? I think he's freaking really good. <laughs> Sometimes people just hear what they want to hear. I I'm still saying Joe Burrow's better than him, but that doesn't. That's like Joe Burrow's really freaking good. Joe Burrow had the greatest college quarterback season ever, and and not not even in a, like one of these crazy silly spread offenses like the Ty Detmer offenses. You know, whatever. I I love Justin Herbert. I I don't know what people think, man. Anyway, um, Justin Herbert is red hot. He's a top ten, top ten fantasy option this week. Uh, don't mind the pass game against Denver. The run game's a little tricky. Opposing backfield just averaging seventy eight and a half rushing yards per game. If you have to choose one this week, here we go again. Right? Let's see if we can get the Chargers backfield right this week. I like Joshua Kelly just a little bit more. Out touched Justin Jackson seventeen to ten last week, so I would go with Kelly if I have to choose one. Jackson could be a flex option if you're desperate. I do not want to start both of them in my rosters. Not doing that. New Orleans, Chicago. Drew Brees looked like he was going to be a nice little value this year, right? Well, here we are, two months into the season. He's twentieth among fantasy quarterbacks. And I don't think it improves this week. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. The Bears, very good against the pass. Uh, they're the only defense holding quarterbacks to under one passing score per game. Oh, and there's weather. But Alvin Kamara's fine. He's elite. So there you go. The Saints are a much better matchup. They're actually the number three fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. We're not streaming Nick Foles, but this is good at least if Allen Robinson can get back on the field. He did enter the concussion protocol. So this is a little bit tricky in terms of he has to get to limited today. If he doesn't get to limited, he's not going to play. So that would give Darnell Mooney some appeal in DFS, not in season long, in DFS. David Montgomery is a jag. He is. There's no way around it. And this is a tough matchup, 3.55 yards per carry against the Saints. But David Montgomery is the only show in town, therefore he'll likely get 20 touches, therefore he's still an RB2, whether we like it or not. Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Jimmy G's a popular streamer option for a lot of people, but keep in mind, and it's the matchup I get, 375 net passing yards, number two fantasy matchup for quarterbacks, I get, we can list all the stats off. But here's the thing that brings me back a little bit with Jimmy G. Over the last two years... He has three games with more than 300 passing yards. That's it. That's it. Limited upside. No Debo Samuel as well. And we know they lean on the run game, so I'm I'm not using Jimmy G as a streamer this week. Raheem Mostert, out. Jeff Wilson, out. Jarek McKinnon's there. Jamichael Hasty, Maybe Tevin Coleman. If I have to pick one, it's Hasty. I don't love the matchup. 3.9 yards per carry to opposing backfields with the Seahawks are giving up. But the Shanahan offense, we see it every week. You know, they, the guys put up numbers in that offense. If I have to pick one, it's hasty. Of course, watch. It'll be McKinnon this week. But that's where all of the signs are pointing to now. So he would be a back-end RB2 play for me. Do we get an encore for Tyler Lockett? I talked about it on the show yesterday, but you know, it's not the best matchup for Russell Wilson, but who cares? You know, legit, who cares? I think we really care though about the backfield. Chris Carson looking like he's not going to play. Travis Homer looking like he's not going to play. Carlos Hyde looking very iffy right now. If Hyde goes, he'll be the lead back. If not, it'll be DJ Dallas. And this is not a great matchup. 
you know, San Francisco is good against the run. But if DJ Dallas is the only guy, he's the only freaking guy. Like it's it's he'd be an RB two based on volume alone or potential volume alone. <clears throat> so keep that in mind if you uh, if you need a running back and he's still out there. Dallas and Philly, the Dallas unraveling is just it seems like it's getting worse and worse. And to make matters worse, not only is Zeke sort of almost in this quasi committee with Tony Pollard, but he faces the Eagles, second fewest yards per carry, three point three zero for uh, the Eagles here. This is a tough matchup, man. This is a tough matchup for Elliott. Uh, can't get too excited about it, no doubt about it, but I'm going to use him still as a back-end RB1. You know, I'm hesitant to go any further. I think it'd be reactionary if I was like, no, he's not even in the top 20. Like, that's reactionary, and I don't think that does anybody any good. Uh, Andy Dalton not going to play, it looks like. So Ben DiNucci, uh, here we go. I think he's going to be in over his head in this one, but we'll see. Maybe a star will be born. Miles Sanders doesn't look likely, so we get another week of Boston Scott. Uh, the Cowboys are one of just four teams allowing over five yards per carry to opposing backs, so that's good for Scott. He'll be an RB2 plus this week. Like Carson Wentz again last week, I mean, hey, 359 and two scores. He scored a rushing touchdown in each of the last two games. He looks like he'll get Jalen Rager back. This is a good situation for Wentz. He's a top 10 play. Finally, Monday Night Football, no Godwin. So Evans will be the de facto number one, but we'll see our share of Scotty Miller. He's a little banged up, but he'll play. And, um, hey, he's tied for fifth in the league with deep ball, in deep ball targets with 12 of them. A deep ball targets a ball that travels at least 20 yards in the air. So maybe a little bit of wide receiver three potential out of Scotty Miller right there. Uh, the backfield is shifting. Leonard Fournette is taking over passing down duties. He did out-snap and out-touch Ronald Jones last week, but Jones is still the primary early down backs. I think there's a case to be made for both of them as RB2s this week. That being said, I would not start both of them in my lineups. If I have both, I am not starting both. Too many eggs in one basket. Way too many. I would start Jones over Fournette, in case you're wondering. I hope I'm not in that situation, though, in case you're wondering. On the other side, doesn't look like Devonta Freeman. I mean, he's on the wrong side of questionable. I mean, only on, we only have one day of practice reports, but I don't know if he goes here. So that would mean Wayne Gallman. But Tampa Bay is allowing 2.72 rushing yards per carry to opposing backs. And just 17.7 rushing attempts per game. So <clears throat> bad efficiency, minimal volume, not a good situation. Wayne Gallman at best would be a flex play if he does, in fact, get the start. All right, that wraps it up for us here for week eight, man. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy it. Of course, you can check out all of this information in the report, my weekly breakdown over at ftnfantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK to get 10% off on a subscription or just go and check out all the free stuff that we have to offer. There's a lot of good stuff at FTN right now. You can check out all the DFS stuff at ftndaily.com and all of my player props and other betting goodness over at ftnbets.com. And that promo code works for any of the sites. And if you join one site, you can get a discount for other sites. It's pretty good. We, we, we try and hook you up as much as we can, man. Keep the reviews coming. The plans are in place. We're, we're coming down the home stretch with the celebration plans here. But we did get over 1,000 reviews on Apple. Uh, we want we want more, man. I'm greedy. I want more, though. So if you haven't reviewed the show already, please help me out, man. Uh, if, I, if I've helped you out at any point in your fantasy career, just help me out here. 
The easiest way to do it is if you have an iPhone, open up the Apple Podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. If you don't have an iPhone, you can review it online. You don't even have to listen on Apple to review it on Apple, right? All the reviews help uh, keep this podcast going, and I want to keep doing this thing. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right. I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of The Pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.